what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hi, welcome to Brothers in Tech. Oh, Alan, you 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 don't look to be in a very good mood right now, and no, and actually, it's funny you look a little different than than you normally do. Like your your perspective that we're having with you right now on your camera. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I don't know uh, what it is. I don't know what it, it is. It has been a uh, it's been a rough. I mean, it's been a rough day, but it just got capped off in the last hour here. So I'm embarrassed to say, co-host of Brothers in Tech, an ongoing highly regarded tech podcast in the podcast community. Well, at least yeah, by us. Am, yeah, we regard yeah, it highly. I'm one yeah. of the co-hosts uh, doing this from my iPad. Can't even get my microphone to work with my iPad. Because my computer got water spilled on it, I have no idea where from. But as of like 45 minutes ago, my computer is now having to be disassembled and is drying out on the other side of the room. But my commitment to the show, Brian, is unwavering. So I'm here under subpar conditions for me recording this. Um, but yeah, I'm not in a good, I'm not in a good, uh, good headspace right now. Well, first of all, I'm very sorry that I, that makes me cringe to think that uh, your computer, your new computer has mm-hmm. water in it. You're like and, three uh, months old. Yep. Yep. It makes me very confused to know that you can't figure out where the water came from. No. And quite honestly, I'm wondering whether your iPad is going to be drenched in bourbon, you know, after the end of the night with, with the way things are going from you, because I'm sure you have a drink right now. Or if you do not, you you ought to take a, a quick. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. That sucks. So just just yeah. for the just for the listener to maybe, you know, keep your your education mind on you as you teach the rest of us. What are you doing right now to try sure. to remedy this situation? Yeah, that's that's good. Let's let's make a positive out of the, right. the negative right. here. This is yeah. a teaching moment. Yes. Um. So the rules are, if your your gear, especially a laptop, now I'm sure the same thing's going to apply for like a tablet of different sorts, but I'm talking specifically about laptops. Most modern laptops are are try their hardest to be water resistant, but there are ports and places where water can seep in. And uh, the first thing you're supposed to do is if you detect there's water on your laptop and it may have gotten into your internal uh, um, innards, you need to unplug all connections, all pair, all uh, peripherals, everything from it, power, everything, just get it completely disconnected. You're not supposed to try to turn it on. So, that was probably problem number one for me because I thought the water, I have an external case, like a clamshell case on my laptop. Yep. Yep. And it had some moisture on the outside. So I thought, okay, well, it's just something happened. I don't know where water came from. It's in my water's in my bag. I don't know why. Wipe it down. I thought I was fine. So I opened up my laptop, plugged it up, powered it up. And my external screen shows up, but my laptop screen does not. Okay. So your port's working, but your monitor is not. Right. Kind of. I mean, or, at least 
They were. They were. They were. Uh, okay. So once I realized I have a problem, I immediately powered everything down and unplugged yep. everything. And, you know, yes, you're supposed to open up your laptop, get to the inside, because the biggest thing you want to do is you can dry out water from most of the internal parts of the, of the laptop and it'll be fine. But if water gets into the logic board, that's where problems happen. That's where money gets has to be spent and fixes come in. So the whole goal is to not let any more water get into deeper into your computer. So finding a position where you can basically prop your laptop up to where water is going to flow out through whatever holes it might have seeped into and not yeah. get to your logic board, which is underneath your keyboard primarily. Hmm. That's what you want to try to do. Um, so you have it you have it upside down so that like keyboard is down and the back side of it is up sort of right mm -hmm. yeah yeah so and then the idea is to dry it out so i was able to open up the back of the laptop and i'd be happy to show you photos that i took of the inside of the laptop because it is pretty cool looking but unfortunately my ipad will not let me share photos or screens hmm. on this live stream so i am somewhat restricted but just trust me i got the inside open I was dabbing up water where I found some drops kind of in different spots, but it didn't look like anything had hit the logic board. I was hmm. trying to dab it up, and now I've got it open and exposed across the room. You might even yeah. hear the fan in the background yep. running to dry it off. So so when you say you opened it up, you opened it up via the keyboard? Yeah. You take well, the keyboard out? On the MacBook Pro, the newer ones, you open up the back underside panel. Oh, okay. And that shows you okay. the entire innards of the computer. So that's, okay. that's kind of the direction you go with it. Okay. And once it's open, yeah, I see everything. I see the batteries, I see logic board, I see all that. And I found some drops on a couple spots and dabbed yeah. those up and now drying off the rest. Hmm. So that's my hope. My hope is yeah. I called it in time, but um, we will see. And one but more, yeah, so one more quick confirmation, though. When you So let's say that I'm someone who keeps my laptop on. I just close it and I keep it on and put it in my bag. I don't turn it off. But if I were to open it and realize that there was water that happened to have gotten in there, to turn it off, you I'm, assu I'm assuming you use the power button and just press and yeah. hold until it shut mm -hmm. down, right? So that at press least power is not running through the system. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. Yeah. Actually, as you're disconnecting uh, peripherals and, and connections and cords, you power down the laptop, get it powered off because yeah, you don't... Uh, you don't want anything running inside the laptop if there's a yep. possibility of water inside. Yeah. Ugh. We'll see. I mean, it did say it could take, you know, 24 hours for it to dry out completely. And I'm sure there's safeguards on the Mac where if it thinks there's water inside, it's not going to let you do things. Um, right. Right. So I kind of hope that's where it is. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I hope so too. I hope so too. I mean, Capital, honestly, uh, the the listeners should just should realize the links that Alan goes to 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 educate all of us, right? I mean, the things he'll do to you know he'll he'll sacrifice his own computer just to be able to teach us how not to have that happen to us, right? Thank you, thank you, no, good sir. I'm trying really hard to not be detective and try to figure out what family member in my household might have accidentally had some water too close to my bag that might have dropped in. Yeah. Um, but again, they don't listen to the show, so I can say whatever hey, I want. To, so. First of all, did you make sure it was water? Yeah, it definitely is water. Okay. Okay. So check that out. Because my, cause my bet would have been on that devil cat peeing on your laptop. Yeah. Quite honestly. As, believe yeah. me, that is the absolute first thing I thought of. But it's very <laughs> clearly water. 
very clearly water. Uh, uh, I did smell test. Nothing's sticky. It, it, it no 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 soft drink. No anything. It is pure water. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I do I do want to say not to not to stress you out anymore, but your your video is starting to freeze a little bit. Uh, sure, actually, I'm sure it looks it like it's back better, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of course, of course it is. I'm. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Actually, I'd be shocked if it's running super smooth right now. <laughs> uh, well, so Brian, I am I am somewhat restricted <laughs> on this show. I had the best episode planned. Oh, I tell you, it was going to be marvelous. I had. Oh, so you so you did background research and everything? Yeah, I did. I was got, got screenshots. I was going to pull up about the story we're going to talk about. I had everything ready to go. I got nothing now. So I'm going to count on you to to show and guide us on things i will certainly right. commentate but i don't good my well, frame of mind i'm probably gonna be a lot more negative on everything we talk about <laughs> than i normally this would be. sucks yeah this sucks i don't like it yeah. all right well given that uh i i can certainly share screen so that uh, uh let me let me handle that let me take that stressor off you and uh good. and honestly if the you know if you get drunker and drunker as the the episode goes on it uh I completely understand, and uh, and honestly, I might be looking forward to seeing this happen. So, uh, let's, so if you let's see the camera happen. start to start to tilt a little bit, <laughs> if you see my head maybe dipping a little bit in the frame, just know what's going on. It's okay. It's okay. okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So, Brian, uh, let's, let's, again, I'm very sorry, Alan, and uh, mm -hmm. um, you know this is three months. Unfortunately, ago. this is exactly what. Uh, this is exactly what this this uh, show is all about, right? Three months. About I've had educating. <laughs> Three months. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm done complaining. I, I I need to get my mind off of it because if this thing doesn't power up in the next several hours, I'm going to be pretty upset. Well, was, right. let me just first of all say, do you think that the Mac Mac Pro MacBook Pro is cursed? Because you know what happened to my MacBook Pro when I got it within 24 hours of getting it, hmm. I dropped it. On the concrete, right. mm. and both edges are scarred up completely within 24 hours of having it. So I'm wondering if there's a curse, you know, that someone doesn't well, want us to have new laptops. And also, you know, we just talked about our laptops on the show just this past uh, week, yeah. right? Yeah. And it could be something to that. I don't know. It's a jinx. Yeah. Well, there's you also know what? A good chance this light is going to die out that I'm using right now. <laughs> Of course, of course it will. Yeah. I so mean, I'm just letting you know understood. if I start getting darker, that is why. If, if, if <laughs> it's harder to see my face. Probably a good thing. Probably a good thing. So Brian, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Let's do try that. To, let's try do to that. get some positive things going here. Okay. Um, well, Apple let's talk about some things because of the jinx. Let's talk about some things that we don't have. You and I do not have because these are things that were just announced yesterday. Right? Okay. Yes. We are going to talk about... Um, Two announcements that uh, Apple made yesterday, and uh, two specifically two products. I think there's some other things we could talk about, but I think specifically focus on kind of two two of the announcements that happened yesterday: um, the iPad and the Apple TV updates. Right, right. Both of those were done somewhat uh, well compared to Apple's usual announcements. These were done somewhat. Uh, um, uh, let's say with less pomp and circumstance than normal, right? There mm -hmm. wasn't a there wasn't an actual event. This was yeah. a rollout of these things that uh, some people were expecting. 
Um, I don't think people knew all of these things that were coming and, uh, uh, or at least all the specifics. So we thought we would break down the, the new iPad, the two iPads that uh, were uh, announced yesterday, as well as the, uh, the Apple TV update. So, yeah. Uh, and by Apple TV, we mean the, the actual streaming box, not correct. the service. Yeah. We're so, talking hardware today, not uh correct. Not yeah. 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 And then maybe what we'll do, depending on how negative you are on these next two items, Alan, maybe we'll finish up with something a little bit more positive uh at the end with uh you know a suggestion or two. Okay. Maybe, because my suggestion was gonna be something <laughs> I could tell you on my laptop. Well, I think I your suggestion is keep liquids away from your computer, but let's I uh, uh you know. That's okay. Right. Let's let's move let's on. All right, so Alan, I'm sharing the screen there. Why don't you oh, yeah. pop that up if you can do that? I can at least. So, do that. yeah. So the first thing we're going to talk about, and Alan, just feel free to, to jump in because I think you know it sounds like you actually did some some background work on this. But I, I uh, did. Can yeah. I? I'll, I'll be happy to talk through this a little bit right here. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and get us started. Go ahead and get okay, us started. Okay. So, so Apple did release some new iPads yesterday. Um, two in two specifically. I'll admit, and you know, these announcements now make the iPad lineup that they have the biggest, I think, that they've ever had it. There are technically five models for sale right. on Apple's website right now. So the new one they announced, they did announce the 10th generation iPad, and that is their entry level. That is the, the one that you can get for the least amount of money. Starts at $449. Four right, four fifty, four hundred fifty dollars. Yep. Is that right? Let me actually, yep. let me actually pull it up. But yes, I believe you're right. It's the tenth yep. generation. Yep. And, and um, the biggest thing that that this iPad yep. does a couple of things. And there's a little, I don't want to say controversy, but there's a little bit of some people shrugging their shoulders a little bit at this announcement because it's basically almost exactly like the last version, the, the version nine that they had. The yep. ninth generation they're still selling on their website. It's now priced at $330, so you can get it uh, about $100 cheaper. It's got a little bigger screen, meaning a, a smaller bezel. So it uses more of the front face than the ninth generation did. Uh, we do have a uh, touch, or not, I'm sorry, not touch ID, face ID on the iPad, I believe. And, and it is using an M2 chip. I believe. No, I'm sorry, it's not. The Pro is using the M2 chip. Right. The right. iPad is using, this is still using it's the, the uh, A14. Yeah, the A14, the middle here, right? Yeah, yeah. Still using yeah. the A14 Bionic chip, which is you know not much of a difference from what the one, the ninth generation was using. So you got right. a little larger screen. Uh, scroll back down for me, Brian, if you could. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so about 11 inch screen. A little, yep. A little better, uh, little better back camera. A um, little better and for, for those for those watching, by the way, the, yeah, the right two columns, if you can't see that, the right two columns are the 10th generation and the 9th generation iPad. So those are the two we're talking about. Yep. This is the update from the right column to the middle column. So you can see that the chip's updated. It's a slightly bigger screen, a little better screen, um, yeah. better camera. But here's a couple of interesting things. It is using USB-C yeah. instead yes. of Lightning. Now, I do like that. I do, too. Uh, I do the, too. The faster we can get away from lightning connectors, the better. For those not quite clear on it, the lightning connector is what your traditional iPhone connector is right now. It's what you use to power up your, your iPhone. It's the connector that's really small, kind of a rectangular slot. It's got some white stripes kind of on the front side yep. of it. 
it's kind of ubiquitous. It's the one everybody has for their phone. iPad started moving to USB-C with the pro level, but now we've got it at kind of their, uh, at their entry level as well, which is good. So I do like yeah. that. Agreed. Um, it is still using touch ID. So my apologies. It's still using touch ID. It's not using face ID yet. Storage right. is the same. Uh, it works with the same first generation pencil that the ninth generation did. Which so is kind of annoying. Newer print pencil on it. Yeah, right. it is. Yep. Um, so a lot of people kind of are kind of shrugging about this because you got a little bigger screen. And even though you got a slightly faster processor, you're not really going to see a lot of difference on this. So it's kind of a very, very, very minor update on the, the yep. entry level um, iPad. Um, yeah. So honestly, I'm, for somebody in the market for a new iPad and just wanting to get the basic entry level iPad, I'd still go with the, the ninth generation because you probably yeah. have lightning connectors all over the place. If you want to save money, it's $120 cheaper. Yeah. Um, you're not going to lose anything really on power or speed, really. Um, if you're looking to save money and not caring about having the latest and greatest, I mean, the ninth generation is still pretty comparable for what we're seeing there. So. Um, yep. Yeah, and there's one one adjustment which I which I do think is a good one. It's not yeah. at all a you know groundbreaking thing. Is the the landscape front camera, right? I mean that's right. a, that's a nice feature, right? So what, what we're talking about is the the camera that kind of uh, provides the landscape uh, orientation, which I think is going to be helpful for um, is it stage manager? Is that the is that the feature that you're going to be on a FaceTime call and as you move, it's basically got a wider perspective and you can... No, that's, um, no that's not it? It's not stage manager. Stage manager is a whole different thing. We'll oh, about. that's the that's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't remember the name of the, the function, but you're talking about using your I will look phone at, I will look at that in a minute. As a, yep. uh, using your phone as a webcam and it gives you greater depth of field and, and if it uses that camera, it can be a wide camera. But I think the iPad wide camera does that as well. So I don't know. Hmm. Well, I know there's a yeah, I know there's a feature now that one of the things they promoted, and we'll we'll get over to it in just a second. It's got the uh, promotional things on the web, but you know the beauty of it having a wider camera is mm -hmm. the wider camera allows it to. It's basically you know so if if your webcam was ultra wide, then it doesn't necessarily have to show ultra wide to the person that you're talking to. It allows you to move within that ultra wide screen and it kind of trims out and crops out what you're doing. So there is a, there is a feature and I'll have to look in just a minute on what that uh, was called. I thought it was stage manager, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah. I don't remember the name. I, I know stage manager is the new layout interface that okay. Macs and iPads are going to be using. So okay. uh, something right. similar to that. I know what you're talking yep. about. But yeah. yeah, but I'm with you. I mean, that it, it certainly is not worth a hundred dollars more, in my opinion. Even though I love the fact that we're moving to USB-C, I think yeah. that's that's great. Sure. Um, and sure, getting a little bit larger, but I'm not really sure that's why you would be getting this iPad. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is a little larger, but it's also. I'd like to know, Alan. Do you know the dimensions of this? Because just the oh, here we go. Um, yeah, so if you see the height is pretty much the same. So with what it is, it, it less bezel, right? It takes the screen further out. The width, it is a little wider um, than the uh, than the current one, but you know it's pretty darn similar in terms of height. So this is one of those you're getting a larger screen for somewhat similar um, real estate, right? Of the iPad, and uh, but I, I agree with you. I don't think it's worth it um, right now. 
you know, I was a little disappointed. If it gave access to the the new pencil and it potentially put a, an M1 chip in there, I would have been saying yes. I would have said that would I would have been potentially worth that extra cost, right? Yeah, um, I agree. And uh, now I will say this: if you're you know on an older iPad and you're looking to upgrade, right, and you don't mind the cost and you really like the idea of going to USB-C as kind of a new standard. I mean, it's, it'll be a great tablet machine for you. It's just if you have one from the last couple generations, I'm afraid you're not going to see a lot of room for re- reasons to upgrade right now. Um, right. So it's still, these are great machines. Look, I've got a first generation iPad Pro. So, I mean, these newer iPads probably outperform the old, I, older iPad Pro I've got right now. So I'd be happy with them. But, um, but somebody looking to, you know, get the best bang for their buck on an iPad. I do think right now the ninth generation is like, it's a pretty good deal. 350 bucks for a, a, a really nice iPad that uh, it's going to be a great machine. So I like it. Yeah. yeah. So the other yeah. iPad they announced, Brian, is the iPad Pro. You've got it pulled up right over yep. there. On the left. Well, yep. It's the sixth generation of the iPad Pro. Um, so this was one that... Um, have, has a couple of interesting features, but I still think it suffers from some of the same problem, which is not a ton of upgrades from the last version. So uh, I think they're positioning this for somebody who's in the market to get to upgrade to a Pro for the first time. And this is a, yep. a good upgrade from an older uh, non-Pro iPad. But if you're already on an iPad Pro from the last couple of generations, I don't see a real need to upgrade on this. Um, Let's do this. Let me uh, Let me pull up here the previous iPad Pros, just so we have yeah, um, sure. uh, an example. So, uh, so this is for those that are able to watch. The left column is the newest, and then the middle column is the fifth generation. The right column is the fourth generation. So these are the uh, the previous uh, the previous two generations uh, compared here. So, so if we start looking down, you'll you'll notice uh, this has an M2 chip in it, which of course yeah. is. Is great, right? I mean, that's a that's sure. going to be future proofing a little bit uh, a little for bit. what they're going to be doing. Again, uh, but the last mind, one also had the M1, which was fantastic, right? Yeah, I was going to say, keep in mind what we talked about with the whole M1 versus M2 at a previous episode is that the the upgrade from an M1 to an M2 is not this doubling effect. I mean, it is a incremental right. upgrade chip wise, so you'll see a little performance improvement, but I don't think you're going to be just blown away by. If you're on an M1 now going to an M2, I don't think you're just going to be bowled over by the performance. So, right, right, yeah, yeah. I think the it looks like cameras fairly similar. Cameras course, the same. The fourth fourth generation uh, had some uh, had some uh, the uh, the true depth camera was not quite as as good uh, on that, but yeah. still you've got USB C, you know, across the across the board on these five uh, G for those that are actually getting. Cell service, mm-hmm. which I think is is good. I mean, again, that's that's the hopefully that becomes uh, the the deliverable that uh, everybody believes it it should be. Um, uh, storage a little bit different, um, but you know, <laughs> ability to be able to work with the pencil, right? The second gen pencil. Well, sure, um, I would expect that. Mean, that that would be yeah, obvious. But that's now, also the case with the previous generations, right? Yeah. Nothing spec-wise has changed yep. outside of it being an M2 chip instead of an M1. I don't believe. I don't think anything's changed. I, I don't think so either. Although this kind of surprised me pulling up the spec sheets here because 
I had thought some of this had. Well, there's a feature that is going to be on the new iPad Pro. It's not listed on that spec list, but it's the one thing they're touting. And this is what you can use with the new iPad. It's the Apple Pencil Hover mode. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Let me me get to that here. Yeah. Not listed on the specs, but the idea of this is if you have an Apple Pencil and you've used that with with an iPad or iPad Pro before, you know that right now, when your pencil actually touches the screen of the iPad is where it makes the mark. Or, or if you're drawing, if you're yeah. doing annotating. The idea with the Apple Pencil Hover is that you have about, I think they said 12 millimeters. Is that what I remember seeing? Yeah, let's see. 12, 12, millimeters, 12 millimeters, yes. Above the screen that your pencil can hover. And it's going to show you, Brian, if you can scroll down a little bit more, it yep. might show it on that next image. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It'll actually show you on the screen like a, a preview of where your mark's going to be before you actually make it. Now, yep. that may sound pretty trivial, but for anybody who's ever you know, used this for drawing or sketching things, you know, pretty much once you put your pencil down, I mean, that's it. That's where Something's the mark's happened. going. Yep. And if you don't like it, you have to go and undo it or, or, or get you know, go backwards on your steps. This does give you a nice preview. So I saw the way it worked. You hover your pencil mm-hmm. right above the screen and it kind of creates a little, uh, almost like a little ghosting image, kind of show you, hey, this is where your mark's yep. going to go. Yep. It doesn't show you a permanent spot. Yeah, there you go. You see, mm-hmm. if you're watching the screen, you can see that just hovering over, it creates like a little circle to say, hey, this is where your mark's going to go once you finish putting your pencil on the screen. Yep, yep. For anybody doing anything detailed on an iPad this is, or iPad Pro, this is great. Is it enough of a reason to get the new iPad Pro? Uh, I'd say maybe if you're an artist and you use this for, you know, yeah. this is a, a big tool for your artwork. I think there's probably some benefit to, to upgrading to it. Again, but it's pretty much the, the I mean, there are some other like high level tech upgrades inside the for people who are doing high end video work or some other high level processing there's some right. nice tweaks on the insides but for the general user on an ipad pro slightly better performance with an m2 chip yeah and you've got the uh you got the uh, the hover function and that's basically it right all right no i think you're i think you're right i think the um i mean the hover mode is nice it is i agree with you it's not going to be something someone's seeking out as being that's the distinguishing factor but i do think the beauty of them doing this is that this is actually going to this. I think this is going to convince the people who do go to this that maybe they're maybe they're not going it for the hover mode itself. But when they get on a, a uh, an iPad that has hover mode on it, I think they're going to find that drawing and writing on it are going to be much more enjoyable. I think this is one of the problems you mentioned before that, you know, if I were to go and start taking notes on an iPad and start using it more day to day or start drawing, there is that frustration of, okay, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to touch there. Let me go back. Let me go back. And then next thing you know, you have this pull back to, you know, a pencil, pencil and paper or wanting to type it out. So I think this is hopefully going to solve a little bit of that and maybe get some more converts to use the iPad in, in more creative ways. Uh, but you're right. It's, it's not something that I, you know, would force me to, you know, one of our, uh, one of our, our faithful, uh, uh, um, audience members here, Shane mentioned that he had a, a fourth generation and that, 
you know, hover mode is not enough to for him to want to uh, to upgrade, which I I wouldn't either. Just looking at the specs, that's not a that's not a, a big driver for me. Now I do think that there is going to be some things, and I'm I don't know at what point this will happen, but there'll be some features that'll come out with iOS updates where it'll finally say those with an M2 can do this. Those with an M2 can do this feature or those with, you know, the M1 or M2 can do this, which is where you might start to see some limitations of maybe a fourth gen. But, yeah. uh, but other than that, you know, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it right now. Um, so these I felt were really incremental things um, mm-hmm. that make sense, right? They didn't, they didn't do a big announcement. They didn't do a big presentation as they normally would do. Um, and I think this was to to make sure they're getting their M2 chips uh, a little bit more action and um, kind of putting them in there so that it opens up opportunities for future features. But, um, well, you know. while we're on the iPads, and that's pretty much, yeah. I mean, going back to the whole lineup, I mean, now you've got the iPad Pro, which I don't even think they're selling the last generation iPad Pro anymore. I think even when you had it pulled up a second ago, Brian, there were no buy options. Yeah, they did not. They were not selling it. That's right. Yeah. So right so now you can see got, at the very top here. Yep. You've got the latest iPad Pro. Yep. You've got the iPad Air, which that's another issue I didn't even mention with mm-hmm. the entry-level iPad is that it's almost identical to the iPad Air as well, right. specs-wise and feature-wise. So there's a lot of difficult distinction between the iPad Air, the 10th generation iPad, and the 9th generation iPad. But yet they've got all four of those in the line. Plus they've got the iPad mini, which they didn't make any updates to that. Mini is still, if you want a small size iPad, that's still the one to go to. Um, but it's five, five, uh, five models in their, uh, their, their lineup right now, which is kind of yeah. crazy, I think. So take uh, a look here at the, uh, the left is the iPad Air, Alan. The middle is the 10th generation iPad. Oh, yeah. That they just, yeah. Right. So your Air is an M1 chip. Your 10th gen that just came out is the A14 Bionic chip still. And the um, M1 chip is better. Just go ahead and yep. lay that out there. The M1 chip yep. is obviously the better option there. Uh, but everything most, else everything is else looking is the similar. Same. The Air will work with second generation Apple Pencil yep. instead of the uh, the new entry level iPad. And I mean, it is costing more. I mean, you can get uh, 599 sure. is the cost for the 64 gigabyte version. So it's $150 more than the entry-level iPad. So you've yeah. got options. If you're looking for an entry-level iPad and cost is a factor, you want to keep it cheap, i go with the ninth generation. If cost isn't a factor and you just want to future-proof and be kind of with the latest and greatest, uh, the 10th generation will be fine. I think you're maybe overpaying for not a lot of new features, but... right. And then uh, if you really want the the kind of the really uh, upscale model that is using a faster chip has a few more features to it and you pay about $150 more, the iPad Air is kind of where to go. So Yep. Yep. And and basically the iPad Air to the iPad Pro is what? We're talking a difference of, you know, 500 bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's 500 bucks more to jump from there. I do think this is, you know, we talked about it before with the, um, the MacBooks, you know, they're running into some problems with uh, branding and naming of these things, right? For people to understand. I mean, when I yep. look at something and see an Air, I think <laughs> trim down, you know, simple yep. entry, right? Because that's the way I've always approached maybe a MacBook Air. And now it's looking like that's not the case at all. That's is maybe a lighter version of 
the pro or or taking a step toward the pro but not far enough and yeah, yeah i don't know i think they i think they have some issues there they really do I agree. and um, I agree. and I'm i and i cannot figure out why they why they put out a 10th generation that has that does not have an m1 chip at least I, yeah. I can't. That baffles me. Unless they have a bunch of chips they want to get rid of. Um, I'm see. I'm, put I'm them in. before an hour and a half ago, where I'm now having to use my iPad <clears> for, <throat> as my only computing device, <laughs> my iPad Pro. Um, I was I have half of mine to say, look, I may actually get rid of the iPad Pro and go with a newer entry level iPad because what I realize I use my iPad for, I just don't work on it. I. Yeah. Uh, I really use it for consumption. I watch things on yep. it. I read things yep. on it and I take notes on it. So I was really thinking, you know, maybe if they released an iPad 10th generation that worked with the latest Apple pencil, you know, had an M1 chip in it. I'm like, that's probably where I would go and get that and just use it for note taking and reading and watching movies. That's all I need. But um, now I'm just like, nah, I, I don't really feel like I should buy that quite yet. I still yeah. feel like I, you know, I would lean more toward the iPad Air, but I don't want to put that much more money into it. So. Right. So, right. Anyway. Yeah. So, so I think, yeah, I don't know. Our takeaway so far is that maybe a little disappointing, underwhelming, yeah. and confusing. A little I'm, confusing. I'm glad, they some didn't the decisions. Schedule, I'm glad they didn't schedule a big event around this <laughs> and like yeah. made press come out there to California to report on this because it would have been very very deflating so uh, yep, yeah i agree i think that would have been problematic so but let's talk about an upgrade that i'm actually a little more interested in um and that would be the apple tv 4k is that what you're going to have pulled up Brian, for us that is it yep awesome it's almost like i read your mind i knew exactly <laughs> where you're going yeah. well i got to pick up the slack today so there we go that's right so the ipad uh or i'm sorry the apple tv 4k this is the yep. third generation of the 4K version. Of the 4K, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They had previous Apple TVs that were not 4K capable for many years. Then they released the Apple <laughs> TV 4K. Now this is the third iteration of that. Um, the big thing about this, a couple interesting, really interesting things. First off, I'm just going to go ahead and call it out there. The price, okay? Yeah. I'm getting down. To 129 yep. for a starting unit. Now that is a 64 gigabyte version. I'm going to talk about that in a moment because I do have some thoughts on the whole space on your you know storage on your Apple TV. But it is a 129. You can now get it. Now I think 199 is where the units were before. I believe. Well, I th I think yeah I think there was they were saying that it's maybe a twenty or forty dollar drop from where okay. it had gotten to. So, so maybe the, the thing is this was an announcement and an increase in performance, but a decrease in price, which is which rarely yeah. ever happens. Well, which also means they want to sell more Apple TVs. Yes. So um, yes, um, I like the fact that I hear it's when I read it's lighter, it's a little hmm. bit thinner, which is kind of nice to know. Um, it is using some better specs, better performance. Um, now, here's a very important distinction about these Apple TVs. They have two models. Okay? Yes. You have the 64 gigabyte version and you have the 256 gigabyte version. There's a price difference between the two, but there's also some, you know, it's not just storage that they change up. It's some capabilities as well. Um, the lower cost option, the 64 gigabyte version, does not have an Ethernet port. That may not be a big issue for a lot of people. If you are completely a wireless network at your house, your Apple TV will run fine off of a wireless network. 
But if you're somebody like me who I like to have it plugged in and I've got Ethernet yeah. running to my Apple TV, I like yeah. having an Ethernet port. The Ethernet yeah. port only comes with the uh, 256 gigabyte version. The other thing you lose is um, there was one other thing you lose. It's where the, the networking. Support, support for thread. Yeah. Now, Ryan, you yep. and I have not really talked a lot about thread. We have not. Uh, no. I think we mentioned it in passing in one like home automation episode months ago. It's a new well, standard yeah. that's going to be rolled out where you've actually got multiple manufacturers, including Apple, and I think Google and some others too, all kind of working together on a more common uh, architect architecture for home automation. If devices work with Thread, that's the name of this 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 alliance. Um, there's going to supposedly be greater compatibility between units. Hopefully, to the point where Apple devices, if I want to add devices to HomeKit, as long as they're Thread compatible, they'll work. That's kind of my hope. I'm crossing my fingers for it. Yeah, yeah. So you are kind of future proofing a little bit your Apple TV if you get the higher storage model because it is capable of using that Thread networking support, where the 64 gigabyte version is not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's an internal internal networking thing, right? Yeah. We we talked about it before about a a um, I think matter was the other thing that we had talked about. Oh right, yeah, matter. So yeah, so matter matter and thread I think are similar in that thread allows matter to work or matter allows thread to work. I'm trying to remember which one it is, but the idea is that yeah, eventually the Alexas the um, the, the Google, the, the HomeKit, all of these devices that get on this, this standard, their new devices will start to be able to communicate or at least have the opportunity to communicate, which they don't now. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, this was quite honestly, the, the two differentiating features made me think that I absolutely would still get myself, I'd get the, uh, the more advanced model. Yeah. One, I'm, I'm with you, I, I, I have an ethernet connection to both of the TVs where I have Apple TVs to, because I just don't want any issues with streaming. Yep. And even though I have <laughs> those ethernet cables are connected to Wi-Fi bases. Mm -hmm. So technically they're not actually, you know, it's not what we're ethernet straight into my, um, you know, straight, straight well, from the hub. It's coming from a base, which means I'm, I'm helping one of my connections, right? Yes. That to the to the hub. The hub is wireless to the the main, so I have kind of a. Yeah. Um, I have a mesh, mine, a I have, mesh system. Yeah, I have two places in my house where I run hardline Ethernet straight to my router, uh, straight to my actual internet router, just to get the best performance. One comes to my desk right here. I plug my laptop in for that, and the other goes to the Apple TV. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of where I am with that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I like it. I mean, yeah, price went down, features went mm -hmm. up. Um, the Siri remote, yeah. a couple of things with that. Um, the Siri remote uh, is still the, the newer version of the remote, which I think is ultimately better than the previous versions. Still I assume don't I don't have it. Do you have it? I've used it. I don't have one. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't have, have an answer either. for that. Yeah. Is there something else I can help with? Sorry. She's she's talking to me. Hush, yeah. Siri. Um <laughs> I've used it. It's better than the previous yeah. remotes, which are some of the worst remotes ever released. Yeah. Uh, it's better. It's still not perfect. It's still not ideal. Um, but it does have a USB-C connection to charge it, which I think yeah. is really nice. 
So yep, that's again, nice. trying to get to USB-C as much as we can instead of uh, lightning. Um, now with the Apple TV models that are being released, there's also going to be a TV OS 16, I believe. Yep. And there was a couple things they announced about that operating system that are kind of going to be rolled out when these new Apple TVs come out. Now, you can still upgrade an existing Apple TV to TV OS 16, but there's a couple features that I think will probably play a little bit better on the newer Apple TV boxes if you were to get one. Um, are you getting to it? Sorry, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling, seeing if I can That's get it. I knew it had something to do with the uh, somewhere yeah. on here. Well, I can mention a little yeah. bit about what I've read about tvOS and again this was just announced yesterday and nobody's actually played with it so um although I think I've heard some developer versions have gotten it early and kind of gotten to play with it a little bit the big thing that they've talked about with the new operating system on these new Apple TVs and some older ones they'll still support is um, the interface is is finally getting a little bit of an upgrade um, we have not had an interface upgrade on the Apple TV I don't think since almost since it started. I mean, other than they've added apps and they've added right, right. other things. But as far as interface goes, there's really not been any change. No, yeah, a um, couple of features here and there. But yeah, the yeah. standard is the same. Mm -hmm. So the new Apple TV operating system is going to do a few things. One, it's going to make icons and things either a little bit smaller and maybe a little tighter space. So you can actually see more things on the screen at one time. Um and what I think is great, though, is it's going to use a kind of bottom right highlighted area, kind of almost like a little pop-up side, to when you're searching for something, it, it was going to show you some search results down in that bottom corner. It was like a pop-up. And then any alerts will also come up to kind of in that bottom, oh, bottom nice. corner. Siri mm -hmm. will pop up in that bottom corner. You can do a lot more while you're still navigating the interface and having this little search function and other pop-up uh, notifications down in that bottom corner, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, so it's cleaning up the interface a little bit, tightening up a little bit, and giving you that kind of home screen capability with that um, notifications and pop-up window in the bottom right corner. Um, yeah, so they don't really show that anywhere, do they? Yeah. So, no, I haven't, I, haven't, uh, I haven't seen it here. I mean, if somebody else were pulling up screens and, and searching for this, we'd probably have probably no have no problems at all. Yeah. yeah probably have probably no so. problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing about uh, TVOS 16, which I think is a huge deal, Brian, and I'm actually kind of, it's kind of embarrassing. This has not happened already right now. If uh, I want to use SIRI, the, the yep. girl that was just talking on your camera a second ago, mm -hmm. if I want to use that individual. In my house, I have a HomePod where I can talk to it. I've got my phone that I can talk to. Uh, I've got a Mac I can talk to. But on the Apple TV, I have to press and hold a button on the remote to talk to, to this person, S-I-R-I. And now with the new tvOS, if you're wearing AirPods, you yeah. can actually say, hey, S-I-R-I in your Apple TV. If you're watching your Apple TV, it will respond and you can talk to it that way. May sound again like a minor point, but I'll tell you, it's so annoying to get so used to speaking to devices yeah. around me. And then when I'm on my TV, I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta find, first off on the remote, it's hard to find the Siri button. I gotta like fumble for it and all that. When I finally do find it, I have to press and hold it down to talk. And it's just, it seems really, 
it seems out of place with every other device I've got around me right now. So I love the fact that that's at least going to let the AirPods have yeah. that interaction with it. Yeah, but there is no there is no voice recognition on the box itself, correct? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think you can speak to well, it. But they said that um, you can actually have up to six voices in your family now. It's going to okay. recognize different voices. Okay, but I wonder if that's voices through the through the um, through the uh, remote. You know, I'd know if I had a laptop to look it up on. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, Shane's asking a question of: uh, Is that only with the earbuds? I know with the earbuds, there's no pressing necessary. Right? It's yeah. just like if you're wearing them now, if you're wearing AirPods now, and you're you just you you have that uh, feature turned on, you can just speak. You know, hey, S word. And uh, you don't have to press anything, and it'll start to respond to you. Yeah, um, I think I think the the idea is still that you'd have to speak to the remote, probably not to the box, but the remote itself, and then that has a button. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a feature where you can just say, "Hey, always be listening." Although I'm not really sure I would want that going with the remote, given where the remotes get stuck in the <laughs> stuck in the where the microphone is, get stuck in your uh, couch and everything, but. Uh, I still think that's going to be a little bit of a concern. Alan, you mentioned the idea of air, of uh, headphones. And I did, uh, and I don't know if this is happening now. I haven't checked it. Um, but I was interested. I saw that you can now have two sets of headphones be powered by the, uh, or not powered, but uh, information be sent to two sets of headphones. So two different people could be wearing headphones oh, and have nice. the, the sound coming, um, oh, which I think great. is really nice. Yeah. Now here's just as this is a little selfish, but one thing I would love to see happen is the ability to have it play from the TV, but then also play through headphones for someone. For example, mm -hmm. a family member of ours who has some hearing impairment mm -hmm. who might want it a lot louder than everyone else in the room. If they could have the ability to have headphones in and having a louder, um, you know, a louder uh, output going in the headphones than the TV or something like that. Seems like that would be a really cool, uh, really cool uh, move, especially now that, you know, they've got the uh, they're starting to use Apple AirPods as um, hearing aids. Right. They finally got that um, mm -hmm. to where you can buy hearing aids over the uh, over the counter. And so that's allowing AirPods to actually promote themselves as uh, a hearing uh, assistance, which I think is great. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that that I'm hoping will be the case. I know you can do that now with a. Uh, with uh, with a phone, you can kind of send out the the sound to two different um, sets of air, uh, headphones at once. That's really cool, and you can do it, and you'll be able to do it with the uh, the Apple TV as well. So I think that's a big step. I think that's also something pretty creative for you know maybe a couple that watches TV together, but they have completely different hearing needs. You know, to have the uh, you know both wear headphones while you watch and then everybody has the experience that they really want. Um, yeah. So that's at least a cool option. So, so um, yeah, no, I agree. I think that's great. Um, I didn't even mention, I mean, it is an upgraded chip. The Apple TVs are not on the yeah. M1 or M2. And honestly, they don't really need to be. I mean, these are not processing devices where you're interacting with it tremendously and, and having it run powerful calculations. These are all about playing content for you. Yeah. And the A15 Bionic chip it comes with is is fine. I mean, it does well. There's yeah. really no reason for an M1 or M2 yet. I mean, eventually I know they'll put one in there, but 
Sure. I, I would not shy away from this device just because it did not have an M1 uh, on it. Uh, four gigabytes of RAM, which is a, a upgrade from the last model, which was three. Um, uh, before, your, your maximum was 64 gigabytes of, RAM, of storage. Now it's up to uh, 128 gigabytes of storage. Now, mm -hmm. here's the thing about storage. Um, most of your content nowadays is streaming. And yes, streaming, it, it kind of brings, when you start watching a streaming video, it is caching it kind of on your local device, like in memory on that RAM, which is right, having a lot of RAM is good. Um, but as far as the space it takes up, really the space these days is for games, okay? Games are the big yeah. downloads. Uh, maybe yeah. some apps, some other third-party apps, but really games is why people would have uh, a much bigger drive on this. So even though I'm more likely to go with the 128 for a future upgrade just because I like the Ethernet on it, um, if that's not important to you and you do most of your work on an Apple TV is just streaming you know, Netflix, Apple TV Plus, uh, whatever it may be, you don't need more storage. I don't feel like. I mean, right. I right. think even me, I've got a couple of games on my Apple TV. I play once in a blue moon. I don't think I'm, I've got a 64 gigabyte. I don't think I use half the storage on it um, yeah. regularly. Yeah. So, yeah. No. But if you're a gamer, yeah. you want to play a lot of games, games do take up a lot of storage and they have to be downloaded and stored on your device. They can't just be streamed. So you got to, you got to budget for that. Well, this is when this is when Apple gets me every time they get me right. They got me with the the iPad. I'm sorry, the uh, they got me with the MacBook Pro, where just because I wanted an HDMI port, I had to jump up to this other this mm -hmm. other thing. Well, just because I want an Ethernet port, I'm going to have to jump up to the 120 28 gigabyte right because I don't yeah. need it at all. There's I and mean, I don't play any games on. Um, on my Apple TV, uh, I don't really have any plans to play any games on the Apple TV. And although I like having at least some storage in there so that streaming goes a little bit more effectively, it's not not needed. Um, and honestly, yeah. you know, my the, the whole thread networking thing is not something right now that I need because yeah. um, my network is not going to be in that. But future-proofing, well, I would love to see that get used in the future as being your hub. Um, well, and it's, it's hard to say, too, like where exactly that thread technology is going to go. I mean, we don't right. know. We don't know what advantages it's going to provide quite yet. We don't know how many other vendors are going to come on board with it. So it's, you could say it's future-proofing to get it, but you're also kind of rolling the dice a little bit. Um, is it going True. to be important for us in the future? I don't know. Right. So, yeah. Right. I think the Ethernet port's the big deciding factor. And yeah. if you don't need... What was, the, port, what was the price difference? Um, $50. Let's see. Twenty dollars. Oh. So yeah, I right. I would be going with it, right? Twenty bucks. I'd be going for the Ethernet just myself. Maybe, maybe there's really not much of a reason to not get the, the larger capacity one. So Right. Right. You know, if it was forty, fifty dollars, I'd say uh, get the get the lower one if you don't need Ethernet. But twenty yeah. bucks, well, it's kinda of hard to, to say not get the newer the upper version. So Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's a uh, Apple that's TV. I, I, I'm a little more excited about the Apple TVs just because I like prices to go down and I like features or, or capabilities to go up, and uh, yeah. that did both of those. So that was good. Um, the last well, thing I think. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I was just going to say, Alan. I, I know we don't like talking about rumors too much on here, but uh, hearing the rumor that 
you know, Apple at least is working on some level of a screen hub for the house, like a home home screen, very similar to what a, a Google home screen might be, uh, an Alexa screen that, that we have in our house that kind of becomes the hub for lights and all of these things, like an iPad version of that, maybe mounting to the wall. Then I start thinking, okay, now I do want to be starting to look at HomeKit and, you know, getting some things that might actually start working together. I'm hoping that this matter and thread kind of progression is going to allow more of the devices to work together and more options. But, um, you know, I'm getting much more tempted now to maybe switch over to start to come your way. <laughs> you know, certainly the ability of having, you know, my TV screen actually provide notifications of, you know, someone just walked in front of your house or someone is at your door, those sorts of things, so which uh, I just, yeah, there's a, there's a real benefit for that. So, um, so we'll see, we'll see. Well, and of course the price point is helpful to get in on this now. Look, last thing I forgot to mention for anybody who's a real kind of video geek out there, loves the, the specs on the video playback on your TV or projector or anything. This Apple TV Plus, the new one, will support HDR10 Plus, which is yeah, 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 another yeah. content. And granted, it's only going to depend on what apps support it. YouTube, Netflix, Disney Plus, all those have to support it. And your device, like your TV or projector, has to support it. But if they do, this Apple TV Plus will allow that content to be shown in that full, really, really a great high-definition uh, range with a higher support level on it. So it's, it's going to yeah. look. It's going to look really good if you've got yeah. the right screen and the right app that supports it. So uh, it's another reason to consider an upgrade. If you're really looking to get the highest quality video content you can get on a really nice screen you've got, this is the way to go. So, And Alan, actually, most importantly, it, it does support JPEG. So it does. Yeah. This <laughs> <When did laughs> is the time to upgrade, right? We've got something that can support a JPEG. So but surely it go. doesn't support GIF. I mean, I mean, come no, on. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. What? Look at the screen, Alan. Yeah. Hold yeah, on. This absolutely. iPad is so freaking small. I can't see anything on Alan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It supports GIF as well. <laughs> oh, Alan. There you go. Make it for Oh, you. thank you. Right there. Appreciate there you that. go. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Good to know. Okay. Well, so I think I think I, I'm with you. I'm I'm much more uh, likely to get a, a newer Apple TV. Um, you know, something that uh, might allow some of these features to to come about. I don't necessarily need one, uh, a new one. I've got a 4K um, that's uh, on a 4K screen, which is great. I haven't noticed any issues, um, but the ability to potentially start to move towards the um, interconnectivity of the uh, uh, the house features, I think is going to be uh, yep. potentially what gets me there. So we'll see. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So Brian, how okay. about we wrap up all the new stuff? And um, yeah. before we finish up tonight, I, I think it's just kind of fun because we had such a good time a couple weeks ago sharing some of our efficiency tips and kind of ways to be more productive on a computing platform. And uh, Brian's smirking. So either my video is freezing up <laughs> no. or I'm lagging behind or something. I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just wondering if this efficiency is going to have anything to do with water. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really so my tip is don't get water near your device. <laughs> Any device. Actually, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm swearing off liquid now. I think I'm just going to. Yes. Off <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not sure solids help your device much either, just for people that aren't, you know, that are reading, misreading you a little bit here. Oops. Where oh, did you go? Oh, hey, sorry. Oh, hey, there you go. Sorry. Um, no, I'm talking like 100% solids, like just bread, <laughs> cereal, things that have no chance of getting into crevices and holes on a device. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But um, let's talk efficiency. Yeah, one of mine was going to be something on my Mac. I can't do that anymore. So I, I can talk about an efficiency tip that I still use. And I think, Brian, if you can help me out showing. Yep. Yep. I got you. Okay, great. So mine has to do with uh, a feature that I use more than I ever thought I would, which is the Reminders app on my iPhone or iPad or even on my Mac. Uh, it's nice that it's on all three devices now. So if I put in a reminder, it shows up on the other uh, the other platforms as well. Yeah, Anybody right. who's using a Mac or iPad or phone has seen the Reminders app. You know what it is. You type in a to-do item, and then you can tell it to remind you at a certain time if you want to. I get it. People know how to use the timer on it, and that's really good. The bigger efficiency for me, Brian, is that... Uh, having those to-do items notify me of what to do based on where I am, like my geogra geographic location. Not enough people are using this feature. And I'll tell you, this is huge, okay? Think about this, Brian. If I go out on Saturday, I've got to run some errands. And I know I need to buy this one thing at the store. Now, I could put it in my to-do list. I could try to guess what time I might be going to the store and say, well, maybe around three o'clock, try to remind me at three o'clock. I may go to the store at 2.30. I may go a lot later. I don't know. But what if the reminder could actually pop up when I got to the store? Yeah. No matter what time it pops up. Hey, I see you're at whatever, Home Depot, Ace Hardware, whatever. At whatever location I put in, it pops up and says, hey, remember to get those, those nails you needed. Um, so the way you do this, very important. When you're in your Reminders app uh, and you create a new reminder, go ahead and just type in uh, buy some nails, Brian. I love this. I'm going to tell you what to do here. So. Buy some nails. Now click the Add Location button. Yeah, you're not seeing the pop-up, but it is dropping down a, a list of uh, options where I can type in. So, so it's going to bring you up a pop-up window. Unfortunately, this, this live stream software doesn't show pop-up windows. But it is a pop-up window where you can actually type in a an address or you can yeah. type in the name of a place of business and it can show you a list of ones that might be a match. You find the one you want and you click it. And Let's when you do, do that, yeah. I'm going to show the whole screen so you okay. can see it. Good. That'd be great because that was really that was really frustrating, Brian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So now here we go. Uh, as you can see, I'm going to type in uh, location. And okay. there There's provides the some options, right? So you could type in a physical address or you could type in a, uh, a, a destination that it may know mm -hmm. from. It's using its map system so it knows kind of all the locations out there. I mean, I don't know if there's... What do you guys have on the West Coast? I'm sure it's probably some bizarre brand of hardware store. Hardware? Oh, no, we have we have Ace. Okay, let's go with Ace. Ace type hardware. in Ace, see if there's Ace hardware. Yep. You got one? There we go. Yeah. So you choose Ace hardware. Now... I cannot see the screen, Brian, because I'm on this little rinky-dink iPad. Uh, I gotcha. My eyes really bad. But mm -hmm. I know there's an option to be able to say, it basically says if you're arriving. Yeah, right now correct? it says, right now it says arriving. Yes. Okay. It says arriving. So what it's going to do is it is going to, whatever device is kind of your primary device, which Apple knows, mm 
if you're traveling out with your iPhone, it knows your iPhone is kind of what your location is based off of. When you approach that Ace hardware, that's when it's going to notify you with that reminder. Okay. Yep. Yep. I think this is huge. I use geographic locations so much more than I do time because I don't always know exactly what time I'm going to be doing something or need to do it. Yeah. But most of the time I know that, hey, I'm going to be going to this place. Remind me to do that when I get there. Uh, if I get to the office, I can put in one, say, put in my work. When I get to work, remind me of these three things. So I see it right as I pull in the parking lot. It knows kind of geofencing around my my office where when I pull into it. And it pops up and it's an actual notification on my screen. So that is, to me, a big efficiency saver using geographic location for your reminders. Yep. Don't base it just off a of date and time. You can still do that, obviously, if it makes sense. But if it's anything that's based on a location that you want to be reminded when you get home, when you get to a store, when you get to the office, whatever, put in that geographic location. And to me, that's huge. So. Yep. No, I, I, I'm... I use this all the time, uh, mm-hmm. and and I'll tell you the the main time that I use it, Alan, is when I happen to be driving, and I just tell Miss S, right, Hey mm-hmm. S, remind me when this happens, you know. So I'll say maybe remind me, remind me when I get to work to do this, and it knows where work is. So when I get geofencing anywhere close to my work office, then I'll get a buzz that says, Oh, remember to to do this. Okay. And you, by the way, I just double clicked on the thing that we just made and Mm -hmm. it says, now you can choose whether it's arriving or leaving Home Depot or uh, Ace Hardware, which I think is great. Yeah. That could be important too. If you want to be reminded of something, when you leave a destination, you get in your car, you drive away from it, then it notifies you. You can specify that as well. Yep. And the one about leaving, I do quite often as well, but I do it. The time I find I'm doing that a lot is when I'm at work. And I'll say, mm-hmm. hey, remind me when I leave work to stop by the store. Yep. Remind me when I leave work to go drop off the this letter. And right. then that knows to, to to ping me because I don't know. You're right. I don't have any, any idea what time I'm going to leave work. Right. I'd like to say remind me at five o'clock, but I'm not leaving at five o'clock all the time. So uh, it's much better to say, tell me when I get to this spot or tell yep. me. Now, the other one, Alan, and I actually had not used this before because I rarely ever use it from typing. I'll I'll speak to it and do that through my phone. But I noticed here that if I say, uh, let's say location um, and there's two options here, one that's getting in my car or getting oh, yeah. out of my mm-hmm. car. And mm-hmm. I've never used that before. So to say, instead yeah. of saying when I get to work, I could say, when I get in my car next, remind me to do this. And that way it's not waiting until I drive out of a parking lot. It's actually the moment that my Bluetooth turns on, you know, and says, hey, yeah. I'm connected to your car. So remind you to do this. That's kind of the caveat is you just, it needs to be where your phone is is set right. to connect to your car once you get in there. Yeah. Or especially if you have CarPlay and you connect your phone up to it, that'll, that'll be its designation as well you're right yeah. i've used it a couple of times i haven't found it to be 100 reliable because not every time i get in my car do i automatically have it connect to bluetooth so i don't rely on that as much but it is a nice option uh if it if it used it so yeah 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 cool all right so, so that's, that's good tip brian what uh what very nice think? well let me so i'm going to be a little different here and that i'm not going to show you an apple built-in feature. This is an app that I I purchased, but it's an app that I purchased for a very specific reason. And I've gone through a couple of them. Um, And in terms of efficiency for me, this is a game changer, which is a copy and paste uh, 
kind of memory sort of application. So for example, I copy, I copy something from an email, want to paste it into another email to send the same email. And then I want to send that same thing again to someone else, but I go back in and I'm copying an address and go, you know, paste yeah. the address in. And now all of a sudden I can't get back to what I copied before. So I have to go back and copy it again. So uh, a, co- a copy and paste manager or a clipboard manager is a invaluable thing for me. Uh, and I've gone through a couple of them. One, one was called copied, I think was the, uh, the application. I'm actually on a new one now. And I wanted to show this to you, Alan, because even though this normally would be probably a bits, uh, because it is efficiency, uh, I'm going to show it. And it's called Copyless, Copyless okay. 2, right? And so I pulled that up, and it actually is a window which has all the things that I've copied recently and mm. will list out about 100 of them. Uh, I think if you buy it or if you're free, I think it will, I don't know, it'll do maybe 20. If you're, if you do the paid version, it goes up to 1,000 or something like that. So to remember wow. everything that you've done. I'm not paying for it because... I don't mind if it deletes something that's 20, yeah. 20 times back. I only need the last five or six. You're using it usually, for more right? real-time things you're working on, right? Real-time, yeah, mm-hmm. real-time. So let me let me show you really quickly how this would work. And, and another really cool part of this, um, so I'm just going to pull up a note, Alan, and let's just say I'm doing a new note. Um, so, all right. So I'm typing a note here, and I'm just going to... Let's say Alan uh, should never drink water again. Done. All right. Okay. So uh, obviously, as I would normally, I'm going to highlight that text, click copy, and take a look what happens in the top right of my screen. Oh, actually, maybe it doesn't do it when the the window is open. Actually, let me minimize this window. Let me do it again. I click copy right now. (laughs) And of course, it's not doing it. Well, maybe you um, need to quit that actual window and like close it out. Oh, that's that's quite possibly. Well, what I will say is the window itself, you'll notice it did copy it, right? And it's got yeah. it. Every time I copy it, it's putting it in the list, sure. right? So let me get rid of that and see see if that does it. Well, you know, maybe because I restarted earlier. But here's here's the cool part. And I didn't realize this was going to happen. But when I have it running appropriately, and it could be because we're sharing screens right now. Actually, I think that's it. I don't think mm, the notifications be, yeah. are going to work. There's a notification that pops up. Every time I copy something, there's a notification that comes in the top right that says, you just copied this text. And it just is a little reminder when I copy, it's like, oh, good, it did copy it. I don't have to click it again. It, it absolutely okay. copied it, right? And then wherever I go, I can paste. Now, Alan, if I come back to this document, wherever my, my cursor is, I'm gonna just pull that window up again. So if I have this window, and let's say that it's something that I copied earlier, much earlier. Let's say I have a, um, this is a, a a link that I have. I can just double click mm-hmm. on the link and it pops it right into wherever my cursor was, okay. Good. whatever document I'm working on. So, oh no, I want this as well. Okay. I want to go down and, and let's say that it's something that is a little bit more formatted. Um, well, that's just a link. Let's see if I can get something that has a little bit more formatting to it which I don't know if I have on here. Well, while so you're doing that, if, I, I, it's, I've got two go questions. Ahead. Sure. Yeah, I've got two questions. Um, if, if you got the free version, which only gives yeah. you 20, 
Yep. Is there any way to kind of lock in a couple of them and say, look, I want these to be perpetual that I, I think so always be kept. Even if I've copied more than 20 things lately, and it's, it's building that list. But if I were three of those items, for example, I say, I always want these three to be in yeah. my list of 20. I'm curious. Well, about that. so I just, for, for on that, on that notice, I haven't done this before, but there is a favorites star okay. on each one right. that you can favorite it. So, so now it created a new column and I would assume that favorite's going to stick around if I keep copying. I don't know. For I sure. would hope so. Yeah. That would yeah. be important because even though, yes, most of the work I would do, I would be copying things recently Yep. and recalling them. But there's, for example, a couple of form emails that I have to send out sometimes that basically are the same information over and over again. And what I do now is I pretty much have a email draft that I already have the text in. I pull up that draft, copy it, and then paste it into a new email. If I could pull that up from this list and just have it populate the entire email for me, and I can keep that perpetual and always have that available to me, that's really cool. Um, Second question is, is there a way, if you have that list, and let's say you do have the paid version with a thousand of these Mm -hmm. things, is there a way to search them quickly, either keystrokes or some other way to find them? Well, I have to right, scroll down the list. Right down at the bottom of the screen, there's a search a search okay. box, and cool. I awesome. have not used it before. Let's just say Alan, right? Yeah. So then it's going to search for all of the perfect the things that have Alan in it. Yeah, that's what I need. So, like, if you've got the paid version, which let me just check and see, uh, the paid version uh, lifetime free update for seven dollars. So you are seven dollars wow. one time. And you get one this, time seven uh, bucks and you have yeah. that really huge number of uh, yeah. things you can copy. Plus there's probably some other benefits to getting Well, it says through. sync, sync across iCloud. Now here's the part that I, that I want to make sure people know about, which is kind of nice. So you could sync across your iCloud, which means that I think other devices should then be able to use it. However, here's the cool part, right? It's still anytime you're copying, I could go over to my phone if I copied something and, click paste and it paste whatever I copied on my Mac already, right? So that's not okay. across iCloud. That's because my devices are on the same. Well, that's um, huge too. We're, we're logged in, which is fantastic. So when I copy here, I come over to my phone, click paste, and it's pasting whatever I just copied from my computer. So, and I do not have an app. I do not have this copy less app on my phone. That is but it only does that with the most recent yeah, I think I think that's just because copy and paste does it on yours too, Alan. Like you would do it right now, as long as you're logged into both of your machines, yeah. mm-hmm. you could do that. So what I don't know, let's see, I don't know if there's, um, well, so here's the other thing, right? You can go back to this window, do a search, and then instead of double clicking to put it in place, you just go and tell it to copy again, right in the top left, copy again. It's on the, it's ready to be pasted, and now it should show up on your. Mm. Uh, on your yeah. phone as well. No, I, so there's look, ways can, around it. There's a project I've got to work on tomorrow, Brian, that I could I could probably use this and it would save me so much time. So you I download the free version. Like I said, I, I have yeah. not gone past the free version because like I said, I keep copying and pasting and I've been using this for a couple of weeks. And sure, the whatever 20, let me just see. Let me just see, Alan, how many are here. So I'm going to get rid of your search. Uh, well, gosh. Looks like more than 20. I don't know. It looks, looks like 50 maybe. Yeah, I'm guessing I mean, it's probably 50. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do. I've been toying with the idea of whether I should get into a clipboard manager of some sort. Uh, I've never really felt the need for it in the past, but there's been enough times in the last, even the last few months 
where I've had to find myself constantly digging up older emails or drafts and kind of creating new new versions of them. It would be so nice to have them stored somewhere quickly that I could just type a few characters, find it, and click it, and it pastes it right in. So yeah. it's good. It's very good. Yeah, it's, so, it's, so there's also a quick quick look here, which is really nice. You just quick, do the quick look oh, to try to figure oh, out great. what it what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, to make sure you're pacing the right things before you do. But this is also, yeah, this is also where I wanted to show you there. I mean, it was, it's going to, this, by the way, is white text. Uh, right. But it does it by uh, plain or, you know, real text, right? So you can convert everything to plain text if you want. You can also, it'll mm. it'll maintain the the uh, formatted version and paste it in. So I've, I've just, it's been great. I, I feel like I have to have one of these copy uh, our clipboard managers because the number of times that I'm pasting into an email, the same message, but then I have to go and copy and paste the address in there from another source. And then I'm having to go back and forth with the same message again is just, uh, is maddening. So to have this up as a manager, double click it, it pops in the text, double click pops in the address and you're good to go. So nice. So that's my efficiency tip. All right. And the name of that app was what again? This was copy less, copy less, all one word, and then two. I think it's their their version two of this. Copy less, C O P Y L E S S. L E S. I would put it up on the screen, but I don't think I can do that on my. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not push our luck. Um, so, okay, so a couple cool. of efficiency tips. And what yours is, you know, nice little suggestion as well. But I think in general, the the, the efficiency there tip there is that there are clipboard managers available yes. some great apps that if you find yourself copying and pasting the same thing on multiple basis and or you're constantly having to look through your files to find something that you know you've used before and you just want to paste it into something different uh use a clipboard manager it saves you a lot of time you can organize them keep them at your fingertips it's great you know and like why, if, uh, and why mac doesn't have this built in i have no idea it seems i like mean it they have they have icloud icloud should be able to store put across your devices um, there should be a, a way if they're worried about security, I could see that, right? You copy a lot of things and you don't realize that someone, the next person is going to have access to it. Well, make it, make it uh, fingerprint enabled, you know, to show your I mean, old ones or. If it's know, all tied yeah. to iCloud, I mean, you're already sharing notes yeah. and reminders and all that That's with true. iCloud. So, I mean, what's the difference here really? Yeah. I don't um, know why they don't do it. I don't either. But I'm saying that now, probably in the next version of the OS, it'll, it'll be there. <laughs> and right so. after I've paid my $7 for it. <laughs> um, that's yeah. just kind of the day I'm having. So um, real quick, uh, just not to go back to news for a second, but just as a reminder, they did announce that uh, the latest Mac operating system, Ventura, will be available on yeah. October 24th, which I believe is next Tuesday um, yeah. from the time we record this. And also 16.1, iOS 16.1 for iPhone and iOS 16 for or iPad OS 16 for the iPad, all come out on that same day. So it's going to be a big day for updates. Um, they're supposed to be rolling out Stage Manager, which is the thing, Brian, we were trying to call That's the right. name of, but another kind of way to inter- interact with your iPad or Mac. I think it may be worth it for us to try to play with that when it comes out and just see if it's anything worth using or not, because there have been some mixed reviews of it in the developer betas and other people's feedback on it. So I'd love to talk about that a little bit when it comes out, and we can probably do a little quick synopsis of the latest operating system for the Mac, because that yeah. is a true whole nother version coming out. The iOS version is a incremental update, but they're adding in some of the features they didn't have before, 
most notably for me, the uh, iCloud family photo libraries um, is, is going to be added with 16.1 for the phone. So uh, it'll be a good day of updates. We'll probably have a couple of episodes worth of stuff we could talk about after that comes out. So. And Alan, just real quick, it's center stage. That's the, that's the feature. The camera looking down. And no, no. So this is this is when the uh, right the iPad itself has a very wide range, right. but it only allows. So if I move my head, it's going to it's going to follow Shift. me because I'm still within the wide yeah. range of the gotcha. iPad. Uh, center uh, stage. The yep, yeah. center stage. So I think stage that's that's manager. really cool too. Stage manager right. is the new feature we'll be exploring when it comes out here next yep. week. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Deal, All right. Well, Alan, I hope uh, I hope you drink a lot uh, after we're done here, and I hope that uh, this is at least allowed you to. Well, more, more, because okay, I, I know what's going to happen in a second is you're going to turn around and see that computer that is uh, drying out, and I know that's not going to make you very happy. So, well, uh, fingers crossed, everybody. Good luck. Good luck. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah, I hate it for so, you, man. Um, but I have a, I have a good feeling it's going to work out fine, though. It's going right. to pop back well, on. Here, real quick, because I did find out I can actually do some captions. Uh, info oh, nice. at the okay. mesh.tv. If you've got questions, yeah. you want to talk to us, ask us anything about this episode or future episodes. And brothers-n-tech.com is the website that uh, it's probably not up to date. I would have been using my Mac to update it, but uh, not doing that tonight. So, <laughs> so, so there we go. Okay. It'll be updated <laughs> soon. Um, Nice. But uh, that's where we keep a lot of our archive episodes and some other notes up there as well. Awesome. I think we have a page of our bits as well up there. So if you want to go back and see some of our suggestions from some older episodes, we keep an archive of a few of the episodes up there. So you can see a list of some of those uh, suggestions of apps or websites in the past. So. And I think we'll we'll start documenting our bytes now. So we got bits yeah. and bytes that I think Perfect. will be our kind of what, what we focus on. So that's great. Okay. Well, I'm, All right, brother. I'll uh, see where I am. So. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Thank you all right, for watching. And let's see if I can actually play this out. Um, all right. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll talk to you all next time. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.